Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. My guest today is Monica Natega, who is um, a regional director of, of the humanitarian OpenStreetMap team uh, working in, in Africa. Um, she's going to tell us all about that, but also give us just an update on the humanitarian OpenStreetMap team in general, what they've been up to. It's been almost two years since we had Tyler, Tyler Radford here on the show, who is the um, director of OpenStreetMap, who is, who is now going to be stepping down after, um, I believe, his term coming to an end. So um, lots of exciting new things coming up. And uh, so let's, let's dive right in. Monica, welcome to the show. Um, introduce yourself, tell us exactly what you are, and then, and then let's dive into humanitarian OpenStreetMap team. Yes, thank you. Thank you for hosting the Humanitarian OpenStreetMap team uh, once again. So my name is Monique Antigar, as just mentioned, and I'm the Regional Director, Eastern and Southern Africa. And just to tell you a little bit about myself, um, I've been working at the intersection of open data, open source technologies, and humanitarian development work for the last 13 years. And that has entailed kind of a very dynamic mix of roles in the region. Um, so from volunteering with the Africa Medical Research Foundation in supporting um, digitization of you know, nursing curriculum to upgrade skills and knowledge of community health workers um, through distance learning programs. Later on in my career, um, I worked for Shahidi, which is a global crowdsourcing platform uh, powered via OpenStreetMap, uh, and that is premised on the use of uh, digital platforms or tools such as, you know, SMS, social media to crowdsource data from general citizens. So largely around um, uh, democracy issues and governance issues, which is then visualized on a map to inform decision making. And then after Rushahidi, after um, that's when I joined the humanitarian OpenStreetMap team, uh, commonly known as HOT. Uh, and as part of the leadership team, um, I'm tasked with leading the growth and the expansion of um, OpenStreetMap platform, our hot presence in the region, uh, establishing kind of a regional strategy that will then help us as an organization to continue to grow our communities and our footprints um, across, you know, open source and um, the open data space in the region. And um, just to mention a bit more about what HOT does as an organization. So we are a nonprofit organization um, on a mission to contribute and to catalyze the creation, the adoption of OpenStreetMap and open uh, data across the humanitarian development sectors uh, globally. Okay, fantastic. Very good introduction, Monica. Thank you. That, that covers everything. So, um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I do follow HOT to a degree, and, you know, I see announcements all the time on Twitter or whatever, and... Um, you know, it seems like there's a lot going on. So, what what is what, what's happening in Hot? What give a, give us a state of kind of how big how big is Hot these days? And um, I know one of the key developments has been the setting up of these kind of regional centers. Um, uh, so, tell what's happened in the last couple of years with Hot. Yes. So um, the last two years particularly have been um, a phase of what I call exponential growth and expansion. Um, and what this has meant for HOT is um, we have established uh, what we call regional hubs across four, you know, kind of, let me say, global um, uh, geographies. Uh, 
So um, that includes Eastern and Southern Africa, Western and Northern Africa, Latin America, and Asia Pacific. And um, the establishment of the regional hubs was informed by, um, you know, kind of HOT's goal to influence social impact on a, on a, on a grand uh, scale, so globally. And so um, the last two years have been more around um, physically or uh, what I would say, um, developing human capital to help us be able to scale the use of OpenStreetMap and the contributions to OpenStreetMap globally. And so this has gone slightly beyond just HOT as an organization to building um, uh, the growth of OpenStreetMap communities through both financial and non-financial supports. It's also taken us on a journey of kind of a deep assessment and a review of our own internal infrastructure as an organization in order to uh, support this envisioned growth and expansion. And maybe just to break it down, when I say kind of envisioned growth and expansion, um, I think when Tyler was on the show uh, back in 2020, HOT was at the beginning of the Audacious Projects. And part of our goal to the Audacious Project, which is um, a collaborative philanthropy initiative, was to actually kill the growth of um, our contributors, grow our mappers to um, an, an audacious figure of, of about 1 million mappers, as well as to uh, put an area home to around 1 billion people on the map. And so in order for us to support that growth process, um, that has led us into this phase of growth and expansion, which has meant a lot of internal um, or changes but also a lot of our resourcing being more directed at uh, supporting our communities, which is largely how HOT is able to, to carry out its work at a global level. Okay, yeah, I, I've seen in, in the sort of announcements and stuff, it does seem like a very big focus is on building these local communities, training them. I see, I see pictures again and again of people at kind of universities and things and various, uh, uh, you know, local communities being developed, which, which is, which is I, I think, kind of a switch from how, you know, when the HOT first started, I remember when it, you know, the initial thing was the, um, the, the earthquake in Haiti, of course, and then people all around the world start mapping, and, and, which was great. But it always felt like, you know, one of the criticisms leveled at HOT is that you have these kind of people who don't really have any understanding of the local situation, you know, people in Europe, like myself or whatever, a, you know, trying to help in whatever way by mapping, but obviously, you know, if it's a place you've never been and you don't really understand the local dynamics, it's easy to make uh, make mistakes. So it seems like the focus now has really been going away from that and developing the local community, huh? How are you going about that, and and uh, how's it going? I mean, how how um, what level of involvement are you seeing? Who are these people? Uh, you know. What, what kind of enthusiasm is there for doing this? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about the efforts day to day, kind of in, in the field, so to speak. Yes, so um, it's it's you're right in the sense that um, the shift to um, focusing on local communities was really informed by a need to actually have individuals, people who are actually living within a, you know kind of a very uh, bounded geographical area or that are experiencing very. Um, relatable or specific challenges leading the process of contributing to the map. And this is um, largely because if I live in a place, if I'm constantly in that particular place, 
It means beyond kind of the kind of data that we look at through OpenStreetMap, which is let's say buildings, roads, amenities, facilities, then I have additional local knowledge in terms of how things are changing. I have additional kind of connections to local authorities. And um, the beauty of that is that it then um, really grows the ability, for example, to grow what Hulch refers to as kind of a movement within OpenStreetMap, but with, 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 with the added context of um, using localized communities um, in that process and engaging localized groups through that process. So for HOT, this has been, um, I'll say, a learning journey, but also a very um, our educative process for us because um, I always say globally we are all aligned on you know kind of the community first approach but then when it comes to how we actually implement it and how we execute that process um, that's where there's maybe um, a bit more of challenges in terms of the time it takes the resources it takes um, understanding the complexities around uh, working with different communities um, which also vary even at a national level so um, what's the level of involvement with these groups? It's quite varied at the moment. So one is um, traditionally it's um, through providing what we call capacity building. It's um, trainings, it's, it's um, both technical and non-technical trainings. Um, but then it's also through traditional kind of small, uh, small granting programs. And it's also um, through what I call co-creation. So HOT is also in a space where we have some of this communities that have actually really um, are advanced and grown and are really co-creating, you know, programs are co-creating um, initiatives with, with HOT as an organization. So um, joint, you know, mapping activities, joint training programs with these groups. Um, that's a stage we're in. So it's, 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 it's slowly evolving in kind of a two-way, a two-way phase with, with different groups. And um, just to give some of the examples around, around this is, um, um, for example, in Asia Pacific, we've uh, been implementing um, our, a program known as She Leads, She Inspires, which is our, a women-led or a women empowerment program that seeks to actually grow geospatial skills amongst women leaders in Asia Pacific region. So it's been um, a typical um, six months plus leadership program. So having um, participants across six countries in the region um, um, join the program, um, get trained on different geospatial um, skills, leadership skills, and then going on to actually develop kind of community-led initiatives and programs that are, are implemented within their communities. And so um, it's that's an example of one of the programs that's involved co-designing the process of working with different groups uh, before um, shifting to the stage of where we are actually doing any particular mapping or we are actually generating any 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 form of data. Um, if we come uh, back to um, say the African uh, uh, continent in East Africa, this has involved again working with a combination of both traditional, um, let me say, OpenStreetMap communities. In this case, um, OpenStreetMap Kenya, collaborating with Microsoft um, AI for Social Good um, um, team and um, HOT to actually design a project and implement a project that's um, led to the digitization of um, buildings in Kenya and Nigeria. So. Again, remote mapping, quite a lot of remote mapping, tracing of satellite imagery, um, and then that has gone on to inform city planning uh, within 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 Kenya. So it's an array of different approaches that's being taken on. So which is both what HOT has done traditionally, small grants to communities that have developed their own kind of projects, 
combined with a lot of capacity um, kind of uh, building initiatives. And then that's also crowned to, um, let me say, donor models or donor projects um, that then uh, support much, you know, kind of large scale, large scale projects. Fantastic. So it sounds like you've got quite a lot going on there. Like, uh, um, I mean, this is great because I remember one of the one of the challenges back in the day was we w we would have these unfortunate disasters, like uh, for obviously the earthquake in Haiti or whatever, and then people would get very excited uh, about helping, and you know everyone would start mapping and things, but. That then obviously at some point the excitement would die off and people would get busy with their lives and you it would kind of the map would be static right and with no local community or you know perhaps a very very small community but that that wouldn't have the uh, you know the resources to to keep it maintained and keep keep uh, keep it growing and contributing and and it sounds like you know you guys have really put in the effort to to change that dynamic and and really build the local communities that then can. Um, take the map forward, and and keep it maintained, and keep it as an actual usable resource. I mean, I, I remember one of the other big issues was um, we, you know, as as in the world, we face these dramatic events like an earthquake or some sort of um, refugee system, uh, situation or whatever, where everyone gets very excited, but the reality is day to day we have all these other problems that that are kind of you know the silent killers right about just underdevelopment or um and that they they aren't exciting and there's no like there's no specific event to point to but they also require a big you know an ongoing effort to to deal with and it sounds like you're really building the infrastructure to to grapple with that these ongoing challenges which which um I know when, was one of the one of the I don't want to say criticisms, but one of the the, the challenges people ha had around hot in the beginning is that people would get excited, and then as, uh, by definition, the excitement would wear off, and and it was so. So this is wonderful, fantastic. So so how many how many contributors are there, and and how many um, you know it. it, it are you still looking for kind of remote mappers to contribute and do things as well, or or is it more just the local community now has the pieces to take things forward? Um, yes. So to start off with, whether we are looking for remote contributors, so the answer is one hundred percent yes, and um, and that's also premised on how kind of um, the entire let me say uh, mapping, you know, kind of. Um, workflow works, right? So if, if we think about it in the sense of where, where we are starting, there's no building, no roads. Um, the first thing we often do need is satellite imagery, for example. Um, that helps us to trace basic, basic um, infrastructure, so buildings and roads. And um, there is still quite a huge gap in terms of completion of the map in that, in that sense. So we still have... Um, are gaps around you know, buildings and roads, and even just the validation of kind of that data. So even in instances when we have, say, satellite imagery, we'll still need that mid um, kind of step of validation of looking at the, the kind of the correctness of the data, um, et cetera. So that initial stage of remote mappers is still very much needed. Uh, but more and more, what we are witnessing is that um, kind of just tied to a previous conversation, it's becoming a really good, let me say, mix and blends of both um, remote uh, mappers. So um, people who are not 
uh, based um, in that particular geography and an actual interest from communities that are living in those places. So more and more people being able to join some of these remote mapping um, activities, which are really key and sort of, uh, you know, are level one to get the base map kind of completed. Um, the, then the second level, of course, um, we have our buildings, we have our roads, but the kind of data that's needed to make any decisions to tell you where our school is, to tell you where the, um, there's a crack in the road, that's the bit that really, really requires a lot of the local knowledge. Um, and so a lot of kind of the, the field data collection work that we are doing, which now again involves um, communities living in, um, in geographies that are affected by different issues, that's the role that we see them playing. And again, it really varies because um, it could be the just general volunteers. It could be university students. It could be, um, um, the, you know, kind of the the profile of of of, of a volunteer within OpenStreetMap. But then more and more we are seeing groups coming that are, you know, government um, agencies, for example, the Nakuru City Board. We are seeing NGOs, for example, Maria Stops in in Senegal coming in to actually play a really important role in terms of the. The, the level two data, the amenities, the facilities, because they also um, are key users of this data. So I would say we're still in a place where remote mapping is still a really critical part of the organization because we do have gaps, gaps, gaps in the map. We've actually, since 2020, we were, we were at about um, just on tasking manager, which is um, um, hot internal tool for contributing to OpenStreetMap. We were at about 280,000 contributors um, but this, when I check that today, we're approaching the almost half a billion contributors um, or, uh, via Tasking Manager. So this is, of wow. course, through, you know, kind of uh, the communities, largely through these organizations that set up tasks on Tasking Manager and actually do the work of, you know, kind of uh, mobilizing our people to actually contribute to the map. So, and again, it's, 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 um, it's 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 a let me say a very collective effort, uh, but there is um, a really good kind of growth curve or um, that's being that's being witnessed, and it's interesting that you mentioned about what's cool to talk about and what's not cool to talk about, right? In the in the context of open data, over the years I found that um, disasters, really current affairs, you know, like um, elections. There's um, unfortunately, for example, right now we have the um, you know, the Ebola crisis or flooding that was uh, in Pakistan, that kind of, um, you know, it's it's current affairs, we all relate to it, it's very much in the kind of the mainstream media. So um, there's often a lot of excitement around, you know, kind of starting to map um, around such, um, you know, um, challenge uh, crisis that's, that's in the news. Um, but then um, from where I sit, I've, I've realized it's it's kind of hard to find a middle ground because um, on one end, it's it's a community that dictates this is really urgent. We really do need to get mapping on this task. And more often than not, um, there isn't enough time for, okay, let's think through this process. Who is going to be using this data? How many contributors do we have? A lot of it starts from, you know, the one individual uh, that's starting the movement kind of set up a task and they keep and they keep going. Um, and that can can go two ways. It can be uh, sustained or it by sustained I mean it can go through all the typical phases to get it to um, a meaningful output or to get it to serve what was intended or it can actually die kind of on its own. And um, that's a really kind of difficult thing to navigate, even though I believe one of the ways of solving it is actually preparing 
communities or equipping them or capacitating them to be able to kind of be always ready um, when such things happen in their communities, because that means then they are fully aware this is how you set up a task, this is how you um, look at data quality issues, and it stops being a, a sort of reactive, reactive process. Um, but also, we are seeing a lot more focus on the non, um, let me say, um, on the issues that are not really in sometimes on mainstream media, basically the non-current affairs. And that's largely through, um, there's quite a lot of anticipatory work that's happening in the world right now. So um, there's a shift to how do we help communities stay resilient before a disaster? How do we prepare to be able to uh, respond better? The work that we need to do before a disaster. And so there's quite a lot of shift on um, um, climate change issues. There's quite a lot of shift towards, you know, public health issues, for example. So mapping public health facilities to ensure that um, in the event that there is, you know, a disaster, there's a pandemic, then um, we have we have the right infrastructure to actually respond. So, um, and to tie it all back to how that sits within HOT, um, one of the things that we've achieved uh, this year or um, that has shifted for us as an organization has been to try and refocus our work. So initially, there was quite a lot of focus on disasters um, or, or in our work, but now we have extended that to an additional um, our, um, four, four areas, so public health, gender equality, climate change and, uh, and resilience, and also forced um, and kind of and safe migration. So HOT is consistently supporting um, um, initiatives that are seeking to find a space for open, open street map data in informing decisions around those key, key areas. And so um, we're still in the early stages in terms of um, what's the best way to use OpenStreetMap, for example, to, 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 to support issues around gender, to support issues around um, resilient cities, uh, but it's becoming more and more necessary due to how much um, is shifting just globally. Wow, okay, yeah, uh, that's fantastic, that's fantastic. I mean, first of all, uh, good that you mentioned the tasking manager, uh, amazing, uh, half a million people have been using it. I, I can remember the very, very first versions of the tasking manager, and um, it has really evolved a lot. It's gotten much, much better and has become a very robust tool. Um, so congratulations to everyone working on that, um, and it's it's great. I, I, um, I, I encourage everyone to check it out, and of course it's, it's an open source tool so people can use it also for their own projects, even unrelated to HOT, um, which is very cool. Um, I mean, this is really impressive, Monica, because it sounds like you've really, you know, developing the local community, uh, developing the collaborations with other organizations. Um, I mean, it really feels like, you know, HOT has moved from, from uh, the, the enthusiasm and, and goodwill of, of youth of a, of a kind of volunteer project to actually becoming kind of, a, you know, core infrastructure that many, many people are depending on. Um, so, so that's that's a that's a massive achievement that everyone should be very proud of. Congratulations! Thank you, thank you. What does what does the future hold? I mean, what is what is twenty twenty three going to bring for Hot, or what are the what are the what's kind of the next steps? I guess more of the same, obviously, but but any particular focus? 
Yes, I think it's it's um it's more of the same continuing our our regional growth, our expansion of the regional hubs, um, but also continuing to evolve ways we can bring both, you know, the enthusiasts, the, the youth, the volunteer groups with actually the, the data users, the people that have kind of this decision making authority in the spaces that we live in. But on a personal level, um, I'm also very excited because we um, this year we've just developed our, um, our an organization strategy, our living strategy, which is um, envisioned to carry hot through kind of the next um, few years within the audacious uh, period, but also post the audacious period. And so next year, um, I, I envision there will also be quite a lot of us tying a lot of our work to the strategy, realigning our work around that strategy. And um, part of what's exciting within our Envision strategy is actually two things that I'd like to mention is um, a shift again towards active engagement. So HOT being at the forefront of championing how um, data, the OpenStreetMap data is being used, but also being at the forefront of um, intentionally, you know, working with community groups, with local community groups to ensure that they have the skills and the knowledge to actually um, use um, OpenStreetMap data, create OpenStreetMap data. So that's a, a bit of a slight shift, um, um, which means a bit more investment in things that um, or activities that actually enable uh, our communities to say engage with citizens, to engage with grassroots, um, other grassroots organizations, to engage with other kind of government entities. Um, and so sometimes that could look different. Um, in some scenarios, it could look like more more resourcing towards um, towards um, advocacy, more resourcing towards events, um, in addition to kind of uh, to kind of our mapping. So. That's the that's the, um, one of the things that I'm really looking forward towards um, in 2023, uh, being able to um, bring our living strategy to life, if I could use that word, and to continue a lot of the 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 active engagement, continue our um, our, our work around investment in infrastructure that can help us to kind of sustain the growth. And when I mean infrastructure, I'm talking about yes, human human resources, staffing yes, but I'm also talking about um, a shift in our you know kind of our technology. You mentioned the tasking manager. How do we ensure that just beyond you know kind of the the look and feel, we are also investing in how to uh, better you know kind of track how edits are being made, the quality of the edits that, that's 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 being made on on on, on, on the tasking manager. Um, because uh, I think one of the challenges is has been kind of the data quality, um, uh, which is really um, a key kind of component to continuously kind of grow trust in, in OpenStreetMap and the use of OpenStreetMap data. So I'm also very excited in terms of um, how we further grow the tasking manager, possibly building uh, processes that can help us to address quality issues. Um, I, I envision quite a lot of um, collaborations between HOT and um, our, uh, mobile tools that help or, or support um, our mobile data collection um, and, and, and mapping processes. Um, and then I also, um, I, I'm also looking forward to seeing how the 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 evolution of you know um remote the, the, basically the evolution of remote mapping so at the moment for example it takes quite a while to um digitize our a set of you know our um images so uh, what can we how how can we better improve the speed through which we digitize some of these images because then that means 
we can complete the first level of the map, which ultimately means then we're able to do more field and data collection. So I'm excited on two fronts, the engagement, further engagement and collaboration with different, uh, with different community groups, um, being able to um, enhance and support them to carry to 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 carry out the work um uh within their their localities but also to kind of see um and push the button a little bit on our technology and um improving the efficiencies around around that so i think that's going to be a huge um ground for or direction for the organization to take um in the next in the next year all right very exciting very exciting um I guess I mean it's 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 really impressive how this has moved from, you know, as I said, a few well-intended volunteers on a mailing list who are like, "Hey, how, how can we help?" It, it, this this immediate crisis to to really becoming critical infrastructure and and uh, really at the forefront of getting OpenStreetMap, as you say, actually used and depended upon by all elements of society. So that's fantastic. Um, but I guess obviously all of that, of course, uh, requires a lot of hard work from from many volunteers, but also uh, money. So we should we should talk a bit about the donation campaign that um, you guys are now kicking off, uh, which traditionally I think every year, kind of at the end of the year, as we head into the the holiday season, there's usually a donation campaign, um, and I encourage everyone to contribute because it really is a wonderful cause. So, but can you share any details with us? Yes. So. Um... Maybe and also maybe just to provide a bit of kind of background on why on why a donation and on why a donation campaign. Um, I've been talking a lot about um, remote mapping, field data collection, um, working with community organizations and and groups and and um, so realistically, if we think about it, um, if we take um, an averagely you know kind of populated country, for example, thirty million people. Um, and assume that maybe only about half of that is is on the map, or um, say 15 million to 20 million um, um, people are represented on a map. So um, typically, the question we ask ourselves is, what does it take to actually put everyone who's vulnerable or any everyone who's living in um, in 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 that particular country and in need of any, let me say, government service, any kind of intervention, whether it's health, education, what does it take to ensure that they are represented on a map? So um, just some some loose kind of statistics. On if you take um, an excited volunteer um, just supporting our um, a community project, it will probably cost about $20 to digitize a thousand buildings in a day. And that's somebody who's really advanced, they really know the ropes. Um, we're not talking about being being kind of trained and, and, and kind of the pre-prep work takes. So um, in essence, if we have, if we if if that's how much it would cost, uh, estimated it would cost to digitize a thousand buildings, if we have to do 30 million buildings, then the cost can significantly really go high. So for example, to 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 you know to map the entire Kenya, for example, that would probably be half a million US dollars. And again, the data keeps changing, buildings keep coming up, infrastructure to, um, challenges keep coming up. So again, it's very much a continuous process um, or a um, kind of a, um, a continuous process to actually ensure that yes, we have the base map completed, but then again, we also have the additional features and amenities that keep coming up depending on the crises or the particular needs of a particular community. 
And historically, we've supported the communities and volunteer groups that we work with through, you know, our micro grants. Uh, we are now expanding into kind of bigger grants. And by micro grants, it's 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 roughly between three thousand to around five thousand um, US dollars. Uh, but to, we are now shifting to uh, more holistic support for these groups. So we are looking at beyond the a grant to just do mapping. We're also looking at how do we kind of um, continuously sustain, build their capacity, ensure that they actually serve as a focal point for any kind of um, OpenStreetMap-related you know, work and data in that particular country. So again, um, there is need for um, more resources, one, to actually just um, complete them up, but also to actually support community groups to be able to consistently um, or grow them up, to consistently contribute to the map, um, or um, let me say, um, throughout the, the the project cycle. So that's a that's a context, and so um, we will be looking out to um, getting support, yes, to support the granting aspects of these groups, but also to be able to better support things like rapid response grants. So um, uh, situations that come up, um, we have um, a need to quickly respond. Um, we need to quickly get infrastructure in place, tools, the technology, the trainings, but also realizing that part of our the larger population of our contributors is actually youth volunteers. Um, so again, supporting a lot of youth initiatives that are, are within the region. So whether it's through women empowerment programs, whether it's youth groups that are looking to just train and, 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 and build kind of local training, training hubs uh, in the regions. Okay. Well, I encourage everyone to get involved and, and contribute. Um, I'm quite proud that, that my own company, we, we kind of make it an annual tradition at, in our business. Every year we, we give a donation uh, at the end of the, during the holiday season. So um, it's a wonderful cause and it's, it's great to hear the, how the money is being used and, and the work everyone is doing. So I guess keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. Congrats Thank you. To everyone. Um, what is the um, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they have some questions or if they want to learn more or if they want to, you know, get involved with helping? How how do they go about doing that? What's what, how should they follow up? Yes, so um, you can follow up with me on Twitter, M N Tega, and uh, we'll share I think those details at the end of at the end of um, the podcast. Um, and also, you can also reach out to me um, through monica.tega at hotwsm.org. But most importantly, visit the Hot um, website, uh, and you will get a really easy or um, easy to follow links to our tools, for example, the tasking manager to understand how you can get involved, to learn a bit about how to actually set up a task, how to map, how to um, create a collaborative project. Um, there will there is quite a lot of resources that can support can support um, in that way. Um, and I look forward to also learning from 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 other kind of users. I'd love to hear um, suggestions on how we can address some of the challenges I mentioned um, around, you know, data quality and OpenStreetMap, keeping the volunteers engaged. So I'd also really love to hear some um, some ideas or some models that people have out there that have have actually worked um, or going forward. Okay, well, of course, uh, make sure we get all of those links in the in the show notes so that, that people can access them easily. I encourage everyone to to check it out. Um, it's very impressive work. Uh, and it's really an amazing uh, journey of how far HOT has come. So congrats to everyone. 
Thanks very much for being on the show, Monica. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a GeoMob event soon. Mm